Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. So we welcome Yachi Craft to the Kindness Can podcast this week. We are so beyond thrilled to have you with us. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Oh, my goodness. It's our honor and privilege. Thank you and welcome. So thank you for having me. You may recognize Yachi from The Voice, uh, season three. But he's so much more than a singing voice. Um, and I actually probably am phrasing you because it's not he, it's she, it's them, which we need to have a conversation about. Because for me, just trying to articulate it, like I get a Sam Smith tune in my playlist and I'm like, I love the soul because I'm going to talk about your soul and your resonance as opposed to your binary infrastructure, so to speak. So first of all, happy Pride Month. I think we can start by saying that. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Hope everyone is safe. And just having the best time. So can we chat about the um, the labeling? I mean, I introduced you as he, but talk to me about um, the way in which you identify yourself. Definitely. Um, I do use he, him pronouns personally, but that, of course, we as humans do evolve. So that might change one day. I myself gender uh, identify within the gender binary as gender fluid. So within my gender identity, I kind of do whatever the heck I want, not being so stuck in the classic gender binary and roles for male, female, and non-binary. So that's how I like to play with gender. But genuinely, whatever pronoun comes to mind, have fun with it because that's just life. Whatever you feel I look to you as, that's cool with with me. But when introducing myself, I'll usually use he, him, or sometimes they pronouns. I love that. And I think it's so cool to be open to all the possibilities of expressing oneself. But it can be quite tricky when you're wanting to do the right thing when approaching someone and knowing or not knowing how to address it uh, or or how to, to kind of do it in the best, kindest way possible. What would your advice be to someone who is going into a conversation with someone and they're not sure what pronouns to use or how to phrase it in the most open and loving way possible? My advice usually is just ask. Honestly, it's not as big of a deal or a tricky situation as it seems. We as people are very more open to asking and being curious. So having the kahunas to ask, hi, uh, my name is Yatsu. I'm so sorry. Uh, what are your pronouns? Or when introducing yourself, you can open that floor immediately and be like, hi, my name is Yatsu. I use he, him, they pronouns. And then when introducing back, usually people will reciprocate. And if not, it's just way easier to ask. And if there is a slip up, it's not a massive like, no, I'm so sorry. I ruined your pronouns. Your gender identity has been tarnished. <laughs> it's just a quick, oh, sorry. Uh, let me fix it. I mean, I have just absolutely relished in every single one of your posts. Um, and that's how you actually came oh. into my life. And I say that like, cause I feel like you're part of my life. Um, oh. And I just, I adore you for so many reasons, but I want to take it back a couple of steps. When did you know that you were different? 
when did you know that there was that moment that you were like, I'm more than the label. I'm more than what society deems as boys like blue and girls like pink. I am very lucky that I, I, every queer person will say, oh, I always knew from being tiny. You know, I always played with dolls and everything. Most queer people, when asked this question, will say that. But I'm very lucky that in my, I grew up in a great, safe and very liberal environment where I was allowed to be different. I was allowed to wear a tablecloth as a little dress and scurry around in my mom's single pair of heels. And I think that's also because both of my parents were queer. Um, and that's actually how they, you know, met. They were fighting over the same boy. So my mother and my father both were in the queer space and very open and, and accepting to that. So I always knew that I was different and not, not straight in that as blatant as that sounds, but I really came to terms with my gender identity in high school. I had an incredible friend who is a transgender and she is just the best human on earth. Her name's Abigail. And when I told her I was struggling with my identity, she was like, cool. So for a week, we're going to use she, her pronouns. Then for a week, we're going to use he, him pronouns. Then for a week, we're going to use they, them. Then for a week, we're going to use they, them. And then we'll just see which one fits the best, which one you identify with pronoun-wise the best. And then we can take it from there. And I'm very lucky that I had someone like that to teach me about all of this. And, and that was when I was in grade eight. So that was five years ago. So having people now ask just in general conversation, it's just incredible how far we've come. Mm. But back to the question at hand, because, oh, I'm a rambler. Babes, I'm a rambler. Um, technically grade eight. And then I came to terms with the gender fluidity of it all. Paulie, as a psychologist, I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, converse around this. We hear so many stories of traumatic experiences of, you know, people that have come to terms with how they identify themselves and then the shame and the judgment of family, of community becomes just another hurdle to navigate, right? I mean, isn't it so liberating to hear a story like this that is just so kind and compassionate and inclusive, giving you out to the springboard to kind of have the confidence to go out into the world and be exactly who he, she, them, them, them are meant to be? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as you are talking, what stands out for me is how important it is to find safe places uh, and to find safe people who you can talk through and explore uh, these different parts of, of who you are and who feels most comfortable for you to be in the world. And I think there are so many wonderful stories of people being born into families or spaces, you know, like Yatu's talking about, where, where it is possible to do that. But it's very sad to me that for many people, there aren't those safe spaces so readily available. And if, if you're one of those people listening to this conversation, I, I hope that you'll take the inspiration and the courage to reach out uh, and find those people, that person, those places where you can talk through. Because, yeah, I think talking through is really valuable. And I'd love to know Yatu's opinion on it because it is an exploration. And through talking, we get to play around with different ideas, different words, different versions as a way of figuring it out. In my experience, uh, both personal and professional, I don't think it's as simple as one day you wake up in grade eight and you kind of like, boom, 
this is what it is, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a longer, more organic process than that. And I think finding a safe place to talk that through has so much value so that you can find your words. I don't know what you think about that, Yatu. I completely agree. If I didn't have a safe space, I have no idea where I would have been today. If I grew up in a, a home that was less liberal or didn't have incredible people around being great to explore and be able to voice what I was feeling at the time. I have no idea where I would be right now. I, I don't know how great my mental health would have been if they hadn't shown kindness to me and opened up my mind to be able to explore. That being said, though, you know, that goes only as far as being willing to explore. But Within a safe community, there are still things that we, as a queer community, need to work on. The fat phobia within a safe space, the racism within a safe space, the transphobia within a safe space like that. You know, it, it's just every safe space has its unfortunate weak link. Mm. So I think we as people need to find a safe space but also be our own safe space. Mm-hmm. Wow, goosebumps. To... <laughs> um, but just to be comfortable and accepting towards yourself and kind towards yourself and exploring that internally, I think is 10 times more important than having a safe space. Obviously having a safe space to voice to other people and a community is ideal and incredible Mm. but not everyone is that lucky yeah and even if you are lucky enough you need to have the space within yourself when you're talking our language tenfold because we (laughs) truly truly believe that um kindness to self before others you cannot pour from an unloving cup into other people uh, with authenticity, exactly. compassion, and inclusion, and all those wonderful words. So we've spoken about growing up in a liberal home. What an absolute gifting. But now let's flip the coin around and say, not even in your safe space, but how do you deal with the criticism from people that are governed by fear or governed by stereotyping or really um, unfamiliar with this, mm, I don't really know how to place you. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you get so much love on social media, but unfortunately I assume that you also get the backlash of the other side. Definitely. Um, as unfortunate as it is, I mean, everyone does. Social media in general isn't all, you know, flowers and happy times and rainbows, especially during Pride Month when we are more outspoken. But I've learned that the fear comes from a place of miseducation or uneducation. So all I can do as a person who is lucky enough to have a platform is to educate in the nicest way possible and in the easiest to understand way possible. That made no sense, but it did in my, in my little turtle brain. So most of the fear comes from uneducation, as I said, but Sometimes some of the terms and the words and the things, they really get to you as much as you don't want it to. And that's where I've learned, especially recently, to block everything out, put your phone down, go feel sorry for yourself for like 20 minutes, feel what you're feeling, go through that, feel where you're feeling it in your body, body check, do all of that, link it to your emotion. Cool, now I'm aware what this specific comment made me feel. 
and where it targeted, cool, now I can figure out how to deal with it. Someone called me an it. Did that offend me? Yes. Why did that offend me? How I present myself. Am I offended by how I present myself? No. That person's a dumbass. Sick. <laughs> and that's it, only in my personal experience. I understand that it, it's, it's, of course, different for everyone. I love the way that you are taking responsibility and making space for your feelings. Uh, I think that that's a big part of growing a kinder relationship uh, with yourself. Okay. So giving it a name, giving it some space, uh, sitting with it for a bit. But what I love even more is how you taking that a step further and saying, I still have a choice about what I'm going to do with that feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can either internalize that as a judgment of me, uh, and kind of stew in that, or I can kind of give it back to where it came from. Like you're saying earlier, that that reaction that belongs to you and your misinformation and your lack of information. And I'm not going to internalize or own that. I'm going to, in my mind, give it back to you. Uh, and sometimes take that maybe even a step further and engage you in a way which might be educating or uplifting. I think what I'm hearing you say is you don't always have to fight that fire with fire, right? Uh, you can find different ways of responding to that. And I think that that's so empowering what you're saying. I love that. Thank you. And I'm going to be honest, it's been a journey because my biggest critic has always been myself. Anyone can say anything they want online and I'm not going to take it on myself. But then you go home, close the doors and in the dark, you're the one in the end who hates yourself. So coming from that into where I am now, thank you, therapy is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and having safe spaces to talk it out you're doing the work you know we firmly believe that we are how well, I, I live by the words of you know striving for progress not perfection and um doing the work and consciously being aware that i am in a relationship with myself first and foremost is such a good entry point and i can tell you now i wasn't doing the work at your age i'm 41 and i've been doing the work for three years and i just that's why i'm so passionate we are so passionate about going into high schools and telling people hey being different is a gift and being able to mm. have feelings we're not here to wallpaper over your feelings uh, but being able to what you demonstrated for us is that whole this is how i'm feeling where did it come from okay i understand where that came from you know working through the steps and it takes work because it's it's not the easy road out. The easy road out is to mm. wallpaper over them, replace that empty feeling with a piece of chocolate cake or a third glass of wine or a new pair of snakeskin boots or a, a ramble on Facebook, which is just going to make that feeling even worse. But what I'm hearing is that you're setting yourself up with the best possible tools to navigate through the hardness. Definitely. You've got to have your toolbox ready to go forward. If you want it, but you've got to start somewhere. Everyone starts with an empty toolbox. Mm. You have your starter kit of, oh, I have feelings. Great. Uh, and I mean, that being said, some of us don't start with that. Some of us have to learn how to feel and how to, oh, my heart's racing. So I guess that means I'm anxious. But that's another conversation completely. But you've got your basic toolbox and building into that and adding into that is a lifelong journey. Mm. I remember once going to, to a conference around transgenderism. And I remember one of the speakers standing up and saying something which really left such a big impression on me. The, the speaker stood up and said that I'm going to use 
pronouns and words in my talk today, which are based on my most latest uh, understanding of things. But if I get it wrong, please feel free to come and talk to me afterwards. If I get it wrong for you, or if I get it wrong for uh, someone who you care about, come and talk to me afterwards. And I thought that was such a, a lovely way of phrasing it because my experience tells me that, of course, there are a lot of people who are fearful and uneducated and sometimes act out of that in hurtful ways. But my experience also tells me there are a lot of really genuine, sincere people who, who want to get it right. Mm. But in the moment of, of nervousness or uncertainty, kind of, yeah, don't get it right. And I wonder if you've got any advice of, yeah, how do we give reactions which keep people feeling safe? to come back and have those conversations, come back and wanting to engage with people who they might not necessarily always understand all of their experiences or personally relate with all of their experiences. From my experience, the easiest way to ask for that is to ask, to say, hi, I might not know everything, exactly as the speaker said. Hi, this is my understanding. If my understanding isn't correct, please let me know. But question A, B, C, D, or here's my thoughts, care to elaborate. I mean, uneducation doesn't need to be, or not fully knowing doesn't need to be malicious. Mm. It's just, it doesn't need to turn into fear. It can spark curiosity and it can spark something within you that you never explored. Your gender identity is ever evolving and asking questions is only going to make it evolve even more, mm. whether that personally affects your identity or how you feel about other people's identities. Mm. I love how comfortable you are with who you are. I also <laughs> admire how comfortable you are within your skin, because I think that that is a constant journey for all of us. And I speak from experience of being a teenage girl that was very awkward in her body, that was always bigger than the other kids, could never feel like I had access to high fashion items because my body didn't look the way it should. And when I see you on social media, I just get this feeling of liberation. And then I think to myself, there was that one picture in particular where you took a photograph of yourself in a pair of jocks. And yeah. the word that came to mind was liberation, brave. And then I thought to myself, why am I using a word like brave when you're standing in the body that is yours? And it showed me how, even though I do the work and I'm so conscious, that I still get misled by thinking that that is brave when actually that is, for want of a better word, God-given. So talk to us about harnessing the essence that is the beauty that is you that doesn't fit in the societal box. I love your fashion, by the way. Yes. Serving up look <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. You have to serve me up a look one day, please. Thank you. Definitely. Sewing machines or knowing people with sewing machines. <laughs> Lifesaver. Yes. Um, I also grew up like that, wanting to experiment with my fashion and how I want to dress. And because dress has always been my strongest suit, to quote Aida. Little opera moment for you there. It's always been the way that I express myself. How I, you can tell which pronouns I prefer by the way that I'm dressing today. So, using social media to liberate myself as a way of, it started off as seeking the AOK from strangers, mm -hmm. which was the unhealthy way of looking at it. And now it's getting the AOK from strangers, but also I feel good enough to show the world this 
outfit or how I look in this. And back to that specific post on the jocks, the page whose underwear it was have like hundreds of like skinny, like, uh, like abs, like skinny white boys posting in their photos and they post them on their personal pages, thousands of likes, all the comments are like, ooh, hot, eggplant emoji, flames, all the things. My post got taken down in 20 minutes <gasps> for sex and nudity for, uh, by the Instagram team. And, but before that, all of my comments were, oh my God, I love your confidence. I wish I could be this confident, all of that, which I love. I, I appreciate that so much. But then just how we've wired our brains into, oh, plus size body, brave. Straight size body, hot. Mm-hmm. And it's just the rewiring of that. And I think that begins in self-reflection and and looking into oneself and going, I think my body is very sexy and is very attractive to myself so I can go out and see people with the same body shape or general idea that I have and think the same way but if you're a straight size or a skinnier abby uh, muscle boy I always make that noise when I'm talking about these insta insta gays the eh. um if you're that it's gonna take a little bit more work to see a plus size body or a different body as not something to be gawked at, but something to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to talk about sexualization of the body because that's an entirely different conversation, but to be able to see that as a sexual being, it takes a lot more for a straight sized body. So all of that comes more from self-reflection and having the confidence within yourself to be comfortable with yourself then you can be comfortable with those around you. But I mean, again, it's so interesting because plus size equals brave. And then you look at how the media construes naked bodies and sex scenes in movies, in music videos. You never see it. You know what I mean? You never get access to seeing people that are different. So it's no wonder that our brain is wired in this neuro pathway of what is acceptable and what is not. I recently read a couple of things online about how the media has wired our brains to not think of plus size bodies as sexual beings or as attractive beings in general. If you think back at like Glee or shows where the skinny girls are wearing like strappy little dresses, the plus size girls are wearing the exact same dress with a little cardigan over it because, oh, I should be shy about my body. If you have the same body that I do, wear a cardigan. Don't show your arms, honey. No, 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 no. And that to me was such a big thing to get over. Wearing something strapless Mm. or wearing spaghetti straps was such a big hurdle for me because I've never seen that in the media. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a plus size person in media with their arms out if it wasn't the butt of some joke. Mm. And I think it's so exciting to be a part of the world now because, as I mentioned, I've got three kids when we were chatting before we started. For them to grow up in a world where there are people that are flying the flag for anything and everything is so exciting and liberating Mm. as a mom. And then you get programs, and please tell me that you've watched special on Netflix. Oh, yes. And Paul and I often just chat about how it's so 
refreshing to have an honest portrayal of things that are usually deemed as taboo. We need to be watching and educating ourselves that not gay, not all gay relationships are how they've been perceived in the few and in the past. They are tender, they are loving, they are connected, they are real. Exactly. When I watch special, what I love about it the most is that gay bodies in the in that program are also portrayed as just all sorts of shapes and sizes. It's not sort of that insta-gay perfectly ripped body either which is so wonderful i think the media clearly in this conversation we're saying it loud and clear the media has got a lot of work to do in terms of the way that the standards they set uh, and how that impacts people's psychology but yati once again i love what you're saying is that if i can't control the media i can control myself and really trying to fix uh, some of those voices in my own head So, you know, Jane and I sometimes talk about the fact that whose voice does that belong to? That's not my voice. Mm. That's a voice that I picked up in a Hollywood show. And I'm going to give that voice back to them. Or that's a voice that I heard from someone else and their fear. And I'm going to give it back to them. But I need to nurture a voice inside of me, which is my own and authentic Mm. and kind and supportive. And and I, I hear you loud and clear when you're saying that. And it takes work, right, to be able to separate other people's voices from my own voice. Definitely. And, and a thing that I've learned, and this is just a little like tidbit that I've employed on myself and it's really worked for me. If I'm saying something negative about myself, I just imagine me saying that to six-year-old version of me. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, would you say that to baby Yatu? No, you wouldn't. Why are you saying it to grown-up Yatu? Not okay. And also treating yourself as your own best friend would I say the things that I'm saying to myself now to my best friend? No. So why am I saying it to myself? Paulie, I love Yatu. He speaks the kindest common <laughs> language. Uh, come with us everywhere, Yatu. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so wonderful. I'm just my heart is literally beaming. So oh. you know, you've got the whole world. Your whole, the whole world is your oyster. I mean, you you released ugly. And then second was um, washed away and overthinking. You've got radio stuff going on. You've got acting stuff going on. What's your plan? I mean, do you have a plan? Where do you uh, want to go? What do you want to do? You can do anything. I want to take over the world. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to. But um, at the moment, just writing and releasing music and trying to do as much as I can to just put my message out there and and what I have to say, because I think there are people who might want to listen. So I just keep writing and creating. Recently, I've actually made the switch from, I still love performing and please cast me in anything. If any um, casting agents are listening, available, I'm disgustingly available. Um, I'm unemployed. Um, You've been unemployed. I'm just fun employed. I'm fun employed. <laughs> I've been fun employed for 20 years now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I'm just writing and releasing music as much as I can and auditioning for musical theater shows. But I recently found a love of writing in general, of pitching screenplays and films and all of that. So I just recently pitched the screenplay. Hopefully it gets picked up. We, we don't know. We'll see where that goes, but that's that's the plan. Long-term plan is just be happy, and hopefully I'll have touched a couple of lives. Not people, not people, but lives. 
Well, I can't wait to to see see you go because you've got the internal mechanisms in the correct spaces and places, you know. Uh, when you are making mental health your full-time job, then you get to do what you love on the side. Because no matter what you're going for, if you're going to be your worst critic, not go for that audition because your body's holding you back, your head's holding you back, what will people say? That's half of the battle. So just mm. keep working like you are so beautifully. I mean, it's so it's so wonderful to hear you talk about being your own best friend because, again, that's the kindness can way. The relationship we are in with ourselves is the longest relationship we're going to be in for our lives. So love that. Look after that. Treat it with care and tender consideration. Because before you know it, you're going to have people knocking on your door because you own something that so many people want. And that is yeah. owning your, your story, um, owning your courage, being vulnerable, which then in turn becomes authentic. And that becomes an access point for other people then to share their story. And the whole thing just mushrooms in this beautiful energy flow because energy goes where energy flows. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Let me write that one down. That's stunning. And I, I completely agree. You know, good energy attracts good energy, but also good energy attracts people who want to steal that from you. So protect your energy, but don't be overprotective of your energy. I think that made sense. I hope yes. that made sense. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I hope to the person listening to this podcast that some of the wonderfully inspiring things that you've said about yourself and the world today becomes that life voice that they do internalize and that they can hold on to through whatever they're going through at the moment, whoever they are and whoever they are journeying to become. So thank you for sharing those words with us today. Thank you for having me. And you both have a love for Patricia Lewis. Oh, I'm obsessed with Patricia Lewis. You know this. So is Paul. Love, just her name <laughs> knocked me off of my chair. I'm obsessed with her. What's not to love? Let's be honest. Oh, Yati, we could talk forever, man. I just love you. And please, if you're ever in Derbs, come and find us, come and see us, uh, be in touch with us, share with us on social media because we belong to the same tribe and the same community. It's love, one love and kindness every step of the way. And we wish you so well in everything that you do going forward. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I'm hopping in my car to Durban right now. I need to come visit. I need to see the red chairs. You do. I need to see the red I just chairs. bought brand new red chairs for my dining room <laughs> table, which I shared a picture with the auntie before we went on. So thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. So much love, Paulie. Thank you so much for having me. Love you. Yatu, love you. And we'll chat really soon. So much love for you, Yatu. So much. And for you, Jane. Always, my angel. Yatu, before you go, won't you give contact details on how people can find you online or keep up with your music or what you get up to? Definitely. Here we go. You're going to hear the automated, the stamp now. <laughs> you can check me out across all social media platforms at Yatucraft. That is Y-A-H-T-O-K-R-A-F-T across all social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, if you're really that desperate to find me. Um, and you can stream all of my music, my three singles, Ugly, Washed Away and Overthinking on all streaming platforms. Right now, you can check out my music videos for Washed Away and Ugly on YouTube. And I think it might be on Apple Music videos as well. If it's not, whoops. And yeah, new music coming soon. Yeah. So, and I think we need to collaborate that. on some sort of accessory piece together. I don't know what it is, but I feel there's a synergy somewhere along the way here. 
Oh, definitely. Are we, You're in. Should we just start a fashion line together? I'm keen. See you later. <laughs> Furniture line. Yay! We can do it. By storm. <laughs> All right, guys. Lots of love. Go well. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.